The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Just so you guys know, the passage for today is going to be Matthew chapter 7, so you can open your Bibles and get ready for that. But when they first asked me to preach, uh, I'm going to be honest, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Then I remembered that I was called a pro a few times, you know. My wife quickly reminded me that they were calling me a procrastinator, so that wasn't the best. When I was actually uh, preparing for the message, I had a certain idea on my mind, and uh, I wanted to take it in an apologetic route because I had been reading a lot of apologetic books. This verse, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 12, like stood out to me, and it was one of the books that I was reading talked about it. You know, I wanted to share it with you guys, but as I was studying, uh, God just spoke to me differently, and I just want to share that with you today. And I hope that it can be a help to you, as it was definitely a help to me. Matthew chapter 7 is in the end of uh, the Sermon on the Mount. I also thought about just reading the Sermon on the Mount to you guys, just standing here and reading it word for word, but I took a different route. And it's towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I'll pick up in verse number one. It says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, And behold, a beam is out of thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou clearly see to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. How many of you guys have ever seen someone and thought that they wouldn't be open to the gospel? Whether it's somebody on the side of the street, they're dressed in you know, raggedy clothes, or maybe they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing. There's a sign that says, oh, don't do this, and here they are doing it right in front of the sign, or something like that. You see somebody, and you decide in your heart, they wouldn't be open to the gospel. Me sharing the gospel to them, all they're going to do is shut me down. All they're going to do is say no. So you decide yourself, I'm not going to share it. I'm not, they're not going to accept it, so I'm just not going to share it. I've done that, and I've decided for someone that they wouldn't accept the gospel. And what did I do? I just judged them. And I just ultimately, I condemned them because I didn't even give them a chance. 
That was never a decision for me to make, but I made it. And we see in verse number three, and it says, Why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? And I know that we all probably seen like the little kids' books where it's like a tiny little splinter in their eye, but the Bible says mote, and I'm thinking mote like, you know, a mote around a castle. So I'm looking up, I'm like, what does mote mean? And then I'm seeing mote means a tiny particle, and that's why they say it's a tiny little splinter, because they say a beam for the other thing. So that's true. So it's a tiny little speck in the other people's eye. And here I am, and I, the people that shared the gospel with me originally, they didn't make that decision for, for me. They gave me the chance. They said, he deserves the chance to know the truth. But I've made that decision for so many other people deciding that they wouldn't, they wouldn't accept, they wouldn't be open, so I didn't share. And what did I do? I condemned them. What does this verse say? It says, judge not that ye be not judged. Condemn not that ye be not condemned. Ah. In verse number four it says, or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye. That reminded me of uh, John chapter 8. It's uh, Jesus. It says, Jesus went up to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came into the temple. And all the people came and sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And they had set her in the midst. They say unto him, Master, This woman is taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that he might have accused of him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone, first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest and even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where art thou thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. The scribes and the Pharisees, they had already decided that they thought that she should be condemned. And they just wanted Jesus' stamp of approval. Jesus, this lady should be condemned. She was caught in the act. She should be condemned. She deserves to be stoned. However, Jesus answered and said, He without sin cast the first stone. Just like all of those Pharisees and scribes, and even the woman, we are all sinners and we do deserve condemnation. We have no right to condemn others when we ourselves have been forgiven. I like to think that Jesus looked up at the men as they were accusing the woman, and when he looked up, all he saw was a bunch of people with just beams sticking out of their eye, and they're accusing this other lady. Sure, she's a sinner, but so were they. And uh, 
talking to people in the world, we can see what people's opinions are of Christians. What do they call us? A lot of times they call us hypocrites. They call us bigots. They say that we're so judgmental. All we do is judge people. And sadly, that's the truth about a lot of us, myself included. I'm very judgmental. It's not good. Then uh, we as Christians should focus on ourselves and our sins, first trying to overcome them and bettering our relationship with our God. We have a beam. We all have a beam. We're all sinners. We all have these sins in our lives. None of us are perfect. But we so focus on others a lot of times and their problems that we forget about ourselves and our own relationship with God. I remember as a little kid, sometimes I would get a splinter. And then I had no nails because I'm a nail biter. So I had no nails, so I couldn't get the splinter out of my finger. So I would go to my mom, and of course it would be at night or something, and she would never have her glasses or her contacts in. So she would always be like, Put, sticking it close, sticking it far, trying to get this splinter out. But you know what? There was no way she was going to get this tiny splinter out until she first put on her glasses or put on her contacts. That way she could actually help me. That's a lot of times what's happening. We are trying to help these people with what's wrong with them without first fixing what's wrong with ourselves, taking care of what needs to be taken care of with our relationship with God, Then with a change of attitude, instead of coming to these people so judgmental, we might be in a better place to show mercy and actually help others. We should be careful to judge others. It'd be better for us to actually show love and compassion to others and to let them see God's love through us instead of harshly judging others and being known as hypocrites because we end up doing the same thing the next week. And let's look at uh, verse number 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, he will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, he will give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil... Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? So Jesus, in this section, he's teaching them a little bit more how to pray and how to ask for something. In uh, chapter number 6, if we look back, it's chapter number 6, verse number 5. He has a, this is in the same Sermon on the Mount, so it's in the same message. He teaches them how to pray. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, that they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So in that, we see that Jesus teaches them, pray this way. And now in verse number 7, he's teaching them how to ask for something. So he says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So we see that Jesus taught them to go to a private place and pray. And pray in a manner. Now Jesus is teaching them how to ask in prayer. God tells us to first ask. God already knows your hearts and our minds. Asking is really showing ourselves and acknowledging that we have need of something. That we are, we're lacking something. That's what asking is doing. It's more showing ourselves and acknowledging we are lacking in this area. Second is seeking. Searching the scriptures and letting God's word speak to you. So I don't know, a lot of you knew me when I was younger. I'm going to be honest here. I, I asked God for something when I was younger. I had a real problem with anger. And those of you who went to school here, you know that... Uh, uh, the Pena Wars, I think is what they called it, was something that was very popular. Me and Josh, uh, my brother, we would constantly fight. It would usually end in me getting a bloody nose or him having a ripped shirt or something like that. But it was constant. It was, a, it was like twice a week at least. And I knew that. I, I knew that I had a problem with anger. So I asked. I genuinely asked God. And I searched the scriptures and I don't remember who it was, but somebody came and preached a message, and they were saying, if you're struggling with something, you should find verses in the Bible about that subject and memorize it. So I, I did that. I found verses that uh, you know, dealt with anger and anger problems, and I wrote them down in a notebook, and I memorized them. I wanted to get it fixed. And slowly but surely, uh, the penal wars ceased to happen. They ceased to exist. I would like to you know, give the glory to God, obviously, and helping me overcome that. Third is knock. Constantly bring it to God. Being persistent in asking and showing your ask is genuine. God will answer your request. It might not be in the way that you wanted, but God will answer. From, these, from this section, I get mostly is being persistent. Being persistent in asking Jesus. Uh, first, you've got to ask. Then you've got to seek. And you can continuously knock and seek the answer from God. Many of you are parents. I am not, but not too long ago, I was a kid. So I'll give this next illustration from the viewpoint of a kid. When I was younger, there would occasionally be these uh, commercials for these RC planes. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them, but the Air Hogs, I don't know if they still exist. But there were the, these RC planes, and every time a commercial would come on for one of these RC planes, I would go up to my mom and be like, Ma, can I get one of these? Like, these are cool. And then I would forget about it. I would completely forget about it. I would never ask again until the next time I randomly saw a commercial. I'd be like, Ma, can I get one of these things? They look pretty cool. And then I would forget again. But as a kid, I loved baseball. And I used to play baseball from, I don't know, I was like T-ball. I don't know what age that is. But <laughs> I started playing baseball, and... Uh, one year, my glove outgrew my hand. Well, my hand outgrew my glove, I guess. 
I was like, Ma, I need a new glove. Half my hand was sticking out. I was like, Ma, I need a new glove. She's like, okay, you know, it doesn't do anything about it. Okay, I ask again the next day, Ma, I need a new glove. Ma, I need a new glove. I had two times a day. I'm asking her constantly, and I'm asking her constantly, and then she comes to one of my games, and she's half my hand is sticking out of the glove. It's just like this. And she's like, okay, you know what? I think we should go get a glove for you. Why? Because it's something that I actually needed because I was persistent in asking. It wasn't like that air hog thing that I'm sure if I would have gotten, I would have flown it once or twice, and then I would have forgotten about it because I didn't actually want it. It's not something I actually wanted. I just thought it was cool. But the baseball glove I used all the time. I was consistent and persistent in asking for it. And we need to be the same way with God and be persistent. God knows exactly what we need and when we need it. And finally, in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 12, Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. I really do believe that if we genuinely lived by this principle, we could truly change the world. If we actually put ourselves in other people's shoes and in their situations and thought, what would I want someone to do for me if I was in that situation? If I was on the side of the road with no gas, what would I want somebody to do for me? I would want them to pull over. I would want them to help me and get gas. Just simple things like that. Or what if you know, I was actually running late at the store and somebody lets me go in front of them. That's what I would want, and that's what, I would, that's what we should do for others. And I do believe that if we genuinely did that, we could change the world. And lastly, as I was preparing for this message, a song kept coming into my mind. I just wanted to read the course for you. It's a, a prayer, and it's by Brandon Heath. I don't know, it was like in 2008 or something like that. I read it as a prayer, a prayer to God, and it says, Lord, give me your eyes, give me your eyes so I can see. Everything that I keep missing, give me your heart, give me your arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart, give me your heart for the ones forgotten. Lord, give me your eyes, give me your eyes so I can see. And Lord, I just want to, I really do want to see what I'm missing, Lord. Let's uh, bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to preach. And uh, thank you for the effect that you had on my heart through studying. And uh, please help it, something that was said to have helped somebody here today. And uh, help us all to, Lord, live, uh, live that principle out and truly want to help others. And uh, Jesus' name, amen. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, You can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.